just kids. But even us in our adulthood, we're going through things and, you know, and nobody knows how we really feel at times. But God does, my friend, and he wants you to know that he loves you with the everlasting love and that he is with you, that he is with you. And so it's, it's not a cliche when the word of God, as he spoke to uh, and said to, to Joshua, that I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is saying that to you in real time, even on today, that he loves us with what? Uh, everlasting love. And I know that's hard for us to comprehend because, you know, we can't love one another like that in, in and of ourselves, that is. But boy, the more that we allow the love of God to saturate our hearts, then the more he can use us for that to be an expression to one another. And we always have prayer. And we have prayer. And that just actually thank God and thank you, uh, Beatrice, for being uh, diligent to come and share with us because that actually takes us right to the word today. Believe it or not, she, and, and we didn't set this up. I didn't know what she was going to say. Uh, <coughs> and certainly didn't know that it was going to lead us right into the word that God wants to speak to us on this morning. So if you will, turn your Bibles to First Peter. First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four in our text verse on this morning is uh, verses seven and eight. First Peter chapter four verses seven and eight. And wow, it's just amazing how good God is and how just even the testimony leads us right into the dynamics of what God wants to speak to us on this morning. First Peter is towards the back of your Bible. And we're going to be looking at verses four. I mean, chapter four, I'm sorry. And verse seven and eight to start with. So if you are there, let me hear you say amen. I don't want to go too fast because this part we want to make sure that everybody can put their eyes on the scripture uh, to, to know for themselves. Glory be to God, the word and what it says. So first Peter chapter four, verses seven and eight. And while we're getting there, if we have to title the message on this morning, it would be love covers a multitude of sin love covers a multitude of sin and so here in verse uh seven of first peter chapter four the word of god out of the new king james version reads like this it says but 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 the end of all things are at hand but the end of all things are at hand Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And then verse 8, and above all things, somebody say above all things. Have fervent love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sin. Glory be to God. So it's two things that we want to look at. Uh, this morning that God wants to speak to our hearts and that is the, the concentration is obviously love covering a multitude of sin but in, uh, along with that that we must pray for one another see this don't just happen in there and so understand this first and foremost knowing that today well, let me just start by saying this look what it says first but the end of all things are at hand. What does that mean? So let's just lay the groundwork. That means, my friends, that we are closer to the end than ever before. And for many of us, if it only takes us to, some of us to live long enough to, that all it takes is for us to look around. And we are, will know that we are seeing the days that we live in are, 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 never, are days that we've never seen before, my friends. Things are happening in the world. People are acting in a way that 
it, it seems, at least not in our lifetime have we seen this. It's definitely not new under the sun, and I think God is going to remind us of that somewhere along the line. But man, things are at an all-time crazy, if I can say it like that. And it ain't just because of the pandemic, but there is a pandemic that's going on as well, my friends. In there, when have the world seen a, uh, a pandemic such as this? I don't think so. We, we've been through some epidemics and we've been through, and, and if you read history, and, and when I say we've been through, not so much that it may have been in our lifetime, but we have the history books to read, you know, in there. But something that has affected every country, every part of the earth, my friends. Is what we are experiencing and will be written in the history books if there is any more time for any other history to be to, to be written down. Come on, somebody, because again, because the word of God tells us here and I believe it that but the end of all things are at hand. So it's just simply un making us understand or wanting us to understand that we are living in the latter days. And this must be said first and foremost because it must become a reality. You know, we can say these things and people can hear these things, but then they may not be a reality. And what do I mean by reality? I'm talking about where it is a real in your heart. Matter of fact, in this same uh, book of Peter, you know, uh, the, the people was mocking believers as the, the word of God says where he wrote that they was uh, mocking about uh, and, and scoffing is what they called it, laughing about where is this coming of Jesus? You know, you guys been saying this for years and years and years. Where is his coming? And we have that same reality. This was that was then, but we, the same reality is even now. Many people don't believe that Jesus is coming. But this must be a reality for those of us that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Those of us that have accepted him as Lord and Savior of our life. We, our mindset cannot be like the world. Because what we'll find ourselves is... And many of you have read this story. If you don't, then, man, I, I, I venture to tell you to go back to the book of Genesis and, and read about the story of Noah. Yeah, it, it, it's several chapters and it's quite long in there, but it's worth knowing about. Some of you have seen, uh, heard the story. Some of you know the story. But in the days of Noah, God, it had never rained uh, on the earth at this time. Never Rain on the earth. We take rain for granted because we, we live in a time that has rain. But the earth had not seen rain in the days of Noah. And God told Noah to build an ark. And it took over a hundred years for him to do that. But in the meantime, he was preaching and telling everybody that the rain is coming and the, the, it's going to flood the earth and it's going to take over everything. And you need to be watchful, my, and prayerful, and you need to get your life right with the Lord. And what did they do? But mock him and scoff at him for all of that time. But then when the rain came, you know the story that it was only Noah, his three sons, and their wives. So it was eight people all together that entered that ark before the rain came. And then God told them to shut the door. Nobody else didn't want to go on. What are you talking about, Noah? And the rain came and we know that it destroyed the earth and everything on it except for Noah, the animals that he put on the ark, and his, uh, his family, the eight of them. And everything else. Then after that, all that's in existence now, every man have come from that family of Noah since then. In there. Amazing, amazing story. And it ain't just a, a fairy tale, my friend. This is real and God is wanting to remind us that it just as the days of Noah, because the Bible talks about in them days that they were just eating, drinking, and being merry, and, and they had no thought. They knew of God, but they had no thought of the reality of what was going on, even though he had given Noah the word to preach to them and to tell them and to warn, somebody say warn, everybody. 
And God is wanting to warn us. And right now, this is what he keeps speaking to us over and over again, is that the, the days of Noah, here we are again. Because Jesus is coming, but no one wants to pay attention. No one has a real reality of his coming. As, uh, not just, I'm not talking about intellectually. I'm talking about in the heart that will, see, because when you have it in your heart, it's going to require you, it's going to drive you to change. You will not stay the same. You will do, uh, just like Noah, uh, as he was building that ark and he was uh, trying to share with everybody day after day after day that the rain is coming. My friends, when, uh, see, he was convicted in his heart and he knew it was going to happen. And if we recognize the day and the time that we live in today, my friends, then we need to be resoundingly over and over again, ringing out the true fact that Jesus is coming. We can't continue to live the same as though uh, nothing's going on. And many of us, this is what we're doing. We live in our lives as though ain't nothing changed. Doing the same old, same old in there. Yo, yeah, we have some intellectual understanding. Yo, we know intellectually Jesus is coming, but do you really believe that in your heart? And not only do you believe it in your heart, the question is, is do you know that it could happen any day? See, Peter, when he was writing this, knowing that the pressures and, and persecutions are at hand, and this is what we see even today. But he also knew that Jesus could come at any time. And that is the real question for us today. Do you really realize that every prophecy, everything that uh, the word of God has spoken that had to happen before the return of Christ? Guess what? It's happened. Everything has happened. There ain't no more prophecies that have to be fulfilled that could give us any indication uh, that there was something else got to happen first. Every prophecy in the word of God has happened that is spoken of be, uh, that had to happen before the return of Christ. And while no man knows the day nor the hour, no man. So that's not what I'm talking about. But every man should be prepared for the day and the hour. Are you prepared today, my friends? See, that's where God wants to, to start with us on this morning as he's speaking to our heart. I'm talking about what a real reality. See, because the, the real reality of being prepared and really understanding and knowing that Jesus could come any moment. And, and if that ain't in the cloud that he comes, he can come for you personally. It could happen for you personally. Just real quick, I'll just share this because it's, it's overwhelming. Some of you guys know that, uh, you know, uh, what it was, not, maybe not, not even 31 days ago, that two of my cousins got killed on the same day in there. And we had the funeral and they did all of this stuff just a couple of weeks ago. But the, uh, one of them is, is uh, you know, my, well, most of you guys even know. Pastor Cheryl and Pastor Mike, they come out here every year since the pandemic. They didn't come last year, but, uh, and they help with the conference and everything else. It was one of them was her son, 37 years old. And then t yesterday, it was her sister that was 40-something years old. These are my cousins, but the reality is I'm just using them as an example because this is happening in many families every single day, all day long. This ain't no common to the wheel heights. But it is happening everywhere. And the thing that God is trying to speak to our hearts, these people are not 90 years old, 95 years old, 100 years old and live the, what we would call a full life. This is 30, 37, uh, and 40 some odd years old, all in a, just like this. But that don't even tell the whole story because if you just look at the news, you'll see. If you just open your eyes, you'll see people are leaving this place every single day at a rate that is uh, that's astronomical. And they, uh, and, and if you statistically look at it, just as many as young people, young adults, children are dying at the rate just as well as the what we would call those that you would have an expectation. Meaning 75 and older. This is the time that we live in. So can, is that not something, is that not a warning? It don't take a rocket scientist to figure that part out. 
And God is just speaking to us from this place because we need to become spiritually. Somebody say spiritually this morning. Aware. I'm not talking about intellectually aware because you can have a lot of intellectual knowledge and know a lot of different things. That's not going to take you past. That's not going to take you into eternity. The only things that's going to arrive in eternity is that which is eternal and that's only spiritual. And God is calling us to an awakening, my friend. And in doing so, there's some tools that we need that, that is most evident in these last moments, in these last days. So understand this, God's people must even be more diligent to live in the way that he's intended for us to live, my friend. This is important that we, just the word of God says in verse 7, that we be, are serious and watchful in our prayers. That we are serious and watchful in our prayers. And what is he talking about? He's talking about first and foremost un, having an understanding of the time. And because we have an understanding of the time, being diligent to pray, not about uh, some foolishness, but about that which is according to the time. So what do we need to be praying for? First and foremost, we need to be praying for the, uh, the understanding, the true understanding, even for the church that we will wake up. Somebody say, wake up in this place. It's time to wake up, my friends, to the reality of just what we're talking about, that Jesus could come at any time. And, and what does that mean? We talked about two meanings that Jesus come. That could be him coming through the clouds as uh, one, but that could be him coming in the sense of your life being ended today. Come on, somebody. That could be any of us that is sitting in this place right now. And no, Pastor John ain't uh, trying to speak to you from a place of, to scare you or to bring you into fear. No, he's trying to speak to you by the Spirit that will bring you into a, a reality, my friend, of what is real. And if you don't think it's real, then all you got to do is just ask somebody. Ask some. I, I can, I'll, I'll give you the number to my cousin and you can ask her if it's real that her son just passed away 30 days ago and now her sister did. Not to mention that three months before that, her other sister died. So you, it, you can ask somebody and they can tell you what, what the, the reality of some of these things are. And some of us already know them. Some of us have experienced loss. And we know them. We know what that means. Yo, I'm talking about in none of these were situations where all oh, this person is sick unto death and been in the hospital for weeks upon weeks. No, these are not them situations, my friend. This is here today and gone tomorrow with no clue. Her son was driving Lyft and, and got murdered in a robbery when he was uh, in Gary, Indiana. Healthy, no, he ain't had no problems. Laughing with his kids. And his wife, one moment, and dead the next. Same situation with my cousin that died yesterday. No clues, no health issues, none of that. But here now, and gone. In, in, in an instant. So here, these are, this is real, my friends. So yes, first and foremost and above all things, God is calling us. Just as he did to know, we have to be first uh, have a mind a prayerful mind a serious prayerful mind and a serious watchful eye to be watchful and to be prayerful glory I mean to be serious and watchful in your prayers and then in verse 8 it says and above all things so even above that now we're going to get to where the rubber meets the road even above all that have fervent Love for one another. See, when you think about the word fervent, what does that mean? Fervent means to that it stretches past your limits, that it goes beyond what you can, uh, you know, you, what you can even imagine. Fervent means that, uh, that you know, to the utmost. Somebody say utmost. Yes. And so here he's pleading with us. The word of God is pleading with us, Willie. Not with casual, not casually, 
Not like you used to, not like you have been, but with fervent prayer. I mean, fervent love that we love one another like that. So yes, it's going to press you past what you're capable of. Why? Because it's God's love that is, call, is being called out in your life to be expressed through your life. It's the love of God that was in Christ Jesus. It's the love that, that, that caused Jesus, I mean, God to send forth his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It was the love that God sent his only begotten son. Which one of us will give our son? For some no good in grace that's going to come back. You already know how they're going to act. You already going to know how they're going to treat you. Which one of us will give our son? Knowing that they're going to reject you anyway. Knowing that they're going to come against you anyway. This is what God did. So this is a love that, come on, we, if we just be true to ourselves, we don't have the love. But guess who does? God. And guess who wants to work it in your life, my friends? And he's telling you very plain and very clear, it's not going to be your love that does this. So don't try to use that as an excuse. Well, God, I don't have that kind of love. No, he knows that. But what you got is a belief in him. And if you got a belief in him, then what he needs you to do is open your heart unto him. That he may do the work through you. See, the word of God tells us. When Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, when he gave the new commandment. He says, uh, 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 to love one an another. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. So he knew that this was going to be something that you would have to go outside yourself to duplicate. For it to be demonstrated in your life, it was outside of yourself. Because if you remember the, the old commandment under the law was to love your neighbor as yourself. See, that's what, that was your love. So as much as you loved yourself, then, you know, that you wasn't obligated. That was the maximum that you would be obligated to. And for many of us, you know where I'm going, because many of us from one day to the next, we don't love ourselves that much. And if I ain't loving myself today, you ain't got a chance, my friend. I ain't going to give you much of anything by way of love. But glory be to God through the finished work of Christ Jesus. That this love that God has called us forth to, Miss Jackie, now ain't about you. It ain't about us. It's beyond us, and it's the love that he has demonstrated towards us. And he demonstrated that love all the way to the cross. He, he gave himself as a living sacrifice. And no, God ain't asking you to die for somebody, but not physically, but he is asking you to die uh, spiritually. Put down them, uh, the anger and the frustration because somebody did something that you don't like. He's trying to say, die to that. What is that? Die to your flesh, my friend. Not, die, not, not that your flesh dies, but you die to the flesh. Because you don't have no control of your flesh uh, dying. God has that in his hand. To each day, you know, there's a given a day to each and every one of us. An appointed day that we, this flesh is going to die. And that's in the hands of God. But what you, God is calling us to do is to deny the flesh. That means my will and my way. That's what he's calling us for. And that's where fervent love, that's the beginning of, uh, of fervent love because it requires you to deny yourself. There ain't no fervent love without a denial of oneself. So we're going to sit there for just a minute because I see in the spirit that somebody uh, needs to know a little bit more about that, Minister Leslie. So what does that picture really look like? Let's make some practical examples or, or I'll cause you to, to think of your own practical examples. Because see, there, these are the examples that we're talking about fervent love and we're talking about denying yourself. We're talking about what God is calling each and every one of us as believers to do, yes, right now. And yes, it's different than the, any way that you've ever lived before. Because we've been Christians a long time. We've been loving people a long time. But if you do me wrong or you cross me, I'm going to let you have it. Christian and all. That's not what he's talking about, my friend, today. See, because God is calling us past that. See, that was the days of Noah stuff. God is saying, no. 
understand, and this is why he wanted to lay the foundation first and foremost, that you got to understand the times that it is. It ain't no more time uh, for that. Time out for that, as a matter of fact. Because we are living in the day. See, and this is the part that he's talking about. Do you understand that if them people in Noah's day, if they really understood, they heard it, and even some of them believed it, oh yeah, we know that God can do anything. Even though we ain't never seen it rain, we know that he can do anything. And if you said, no, I know you a man of God. You didn't follow God. We can't, we, we believe it. But just not today. It just ain't going to be a reality. That ain't going to happen today. And for a hundred years, day after day, it didn't. Until it did. Until it did, my friends. And God is, this is what he's speaking to us today. That we can no longer have that mentality of knowing that, yeah, Jesus is coming, but not today. Because to, if, 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 if we had to ask Tara Wilhite that Friday, would she have been saying, well, not today. He ain't going to come tomorrow. No, he didn't come in through the clouds tomorrow for her, but he did come. Her time ended here. As each and every one of us will, my friends. And no, not knowing the day or the hour, then we have to live in a reality. It's time to change that. Today. He's just calling us to a change of reality because he needs us to finish this race with the fervent love that he's called for. And that love don't look like, oh, yes, I love God. I praise God. I went to church, I gave my money, I spent my time. But then, you know, as soon as, again, somebody says something to me that I don't like, then I'm, how do they say it these days, I'm popping off. Or you, or you're, and even if I don't go all the way off, but in my heart, you know, I'm devising some things because you ain't going to just do me like that, you know. Or somebody on your job and you know that they coming against you, called, uh, it's called persecution. In there. You know, the, that they deliberately coming against you and they probably know that you're a believer. See, God, the word of God tells us we're going to go through these things because we believers. But then what is our reaction? Is our go, are we going to revile against them the same way that they came against us? They did it to me, so okay, I got them. You, you watch me. I got something for you. How many times you just said that? I ain't talking about in your lifetime. I'm talking about this week. These things have to leave our hearts, my friend. Because we got to know what is bigger and what's actually happening. And not even just that, but even the things that are happening in our lives. Because some of us are going through some things. Whether it's health, it's, you know, we sung the, 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 the praise songs that talked about deliverance and, and, and what else did it say? It, it talked about us being freed. Glory be to God. Some of us are truly going through some hardships in life and these are, are real things. But guess what, my friends? They are not nothing that God cannot and will not and don't have in his hand and under control. Come on, somebody. We got to realize that. So all of the things that we're going through, you know, uh, in there, and we are, in, like I said, many of us, I didn't just say you, but many of us are going through some things that are hard. There's no doubt about that. But it's no excuse. Because what God has been telling us over and over again is what you're going through. I got that. But what I need you to do, I need you to have that. And that starts with fervent love, my friends. If you flip your page back just one to First uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 13. First Peter chapter 3 verse 13. If you are still in First Peter, then you're right there. It says, and who is he and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Who is he that's going to come against you if you begin to walk in this fervent love that God is calling us to walk in? Who is it? It's unlikely. 
It's most unlikely that when I'm talking about, now I ain't talking about you did it one day. Let me just try this. I'm not talking about you trying it. I'm talking about it becoming a lifestyle for you. Okay? The word of God says, who is it, uh, who and who is he who will harm you if you become a follower of what is good? A reference to what uh, God has commanded us and charging us to walk in. See, because some of us right now are in fear that if I begin to do this, they're they going to try to take advantage of me. They're going to think I'm a chump. There's another word. I ain't going to say what that is right now. They're going to think that you are, but that's okay. Because guess why? Because you ain't living for them. You are living for what God has called you to be in there. And then look at, so, so you ain't off the hook because look at verse 14. See, and somebody, some of y'all already read ahead. So you know where I'm going here, but, but somebody say, but. But even if you should suffer for righteousness, say, you are blessed. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We ought to be dancing right there. Who is, it, uh, who is the one that will come against you and, and harm you if you become a follower of what is good? But, hallelujah, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Meaning what? Meaning they just what we're talking about here. God got that. God got that. But what does bless mean? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. What does that mean? Think about it. See, when you think about it, then there's probably a couple things that come into your mind. That I'm blessed, meaning that the favor of God is on my life. I'm blessed, meaning that I'm in the hands of God. I'm blessed, meaning ultimately, you know, uh, more from the natural standpoint or, or related to the, the spiritual to the natural is I'm happy. He says that uh, if you suffer for righteousness sake, then you ought to be happy, my friend. It ain't ought to be, you are to be happy. Why? Because in order for me to suffer some stuff, even when I did right, for me to be happy about it, then I have to know something more than uh, that's beyond myself. I got to know that the favor of God is on my life. I got to know that I'm truly in the hands of God. I got to know that there's a, there's a, a, a yo, something outside of myself Something greater than myself, some of the world say, we know who it is. We ain't got no problem saying it. We know that God is outside of me. And he has me in the palm of his hands. And that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And that I've already, my destiny is already set. So even if I have to suffer for a little while, it doesn't compare to that which I have to look forward to. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody in this place. But for some, for, we got to quit having short, uh, it's, it's probably another word for this, but short vision. Oh, nearsightedness, that's what it's called. We got to quit being nearsighted because we only can see what's before us and we ain't looking at the prize that, that, that is ahead of us, that has already been sealed for us and that is a guarantee for us. But we so nearsighted that the only thing we're concerned about is what is happening right now. And the, what I know right now is that you tried to lie on me and I'm going to handle that. When God is saying, trying to get to that person, yeah, they lied on you, but I need you to uh, show them some, some forgiveness, some love, and some, some grace just like I did for you that allows you to come into this relationship, I need that for this person. That matter of fact, that's what I got planned for, and I'm using you to do it. Will you obey that? Because I remember last week when you was at church, you said, use me, Lord, I'll be your vessel. I hurt you. As soon as Monday morning came and I tried to do that, then you, man, you was kicking me to the curb, God said. Because you finna handle some things. My God, my God, it's time, my friend. And it's crazy because it's real. It's a reality. And this fervent love that he's calling us forward to is one that is, let me just say it like this. 
Peter, he placed the highest priority on love, loving one another. There was a high priority placed on this. And, 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 and again, the fervent love is one that is stretched to the limit. It, it openly reaches out and, and love and lovely goes the extra distance to make Christians shine as a light in a dark world is what it's called for. Especially, get this, especially as the end times are drawing nigh. If God can't use us, the church, to get past ourselves, that he may shine a light into the world or reach the world, who can he use? When he's only left us here for that very purpose. The only reason why you are not, uh, yo, Jesus haven't come for you is because God has left you here because he wants to use you. This ain't your home. Do you realize that if you are a believer and born again, washed in the blood, covered by the blood of the lamb, you, this is not your home, my friends. This is not your home. So there's only one reason why you're here. And that is for him to use you as that vessel that you told him you could, that you remember last Sunday? That you said, yes, use me, Lord. Or I will. Somebody said, I wasn't here last Sunday, so that ain't me. It was the Sunday before for you did, I guess. It was one day in there. But the reality is, my friend, every one of us that have come into our heart. Why? Because God has placed that in our heart. Because we, as being born again in the spirit of God, having taken residence in you, that is a response to the love of God. To use me, Lord. So I don't care if it's been 10 years ago that you said it. It is a response that's in you because when you felt the love of God, it's only one response. Every other response is us trying to love God out of ourselves. But the, the, the response that comes, there's a reaction to his love. Come on, somebody. See, because that's why the Bible tells us in 1 John that we love him. Why? Because he did what? Because he first loved us. And that ain't no intellectual thing. If you understand what the scripture is saying there is that you could not have loved God except that you have received his love. That's what it's saying. Come on, somebody. And so if you, if because our love to God's love is only a response. It's a reaction. Matter of fact, it's one of them automatic reactions. Just like if you come up to me and you fake the punch me in the, in the head and you just fake it, but bam, you laid out on the ground. Because it was that reaction. <laughs> okay, I'm going too far. You're right about that. Leslie said calm down now but somebody get it because there's reactions that we actually have you know so if you step on a, a rock or, or on your bare feet then there's a reaction that automatically happens and for some of us it's cussing and fussing but you know we ain't gonna talk about that either but there's a reaction and I'm telling you my friend that once you have experienced the love of God there's a reaction that is uh, that that naturally, excuse me, not strike that word, automatically comes forth. And it ain't because you planned it. It's a response that automatically happens. And that is what we're talking about today, my friends. So then, and from there, love covering a multitude of sins, as we get ready to close here shortly, it's two things that we want to talk about today. Because many of us, and for most of us, love covering a multitude of sin, we understand it as we understand it this way first and foremost that God is telling me that love covers a multitude of sin and he's commanded me to love fervently because love this love, when I love like this, it's going to cover a multitude of sin and for many of us we took it as first and foremost that it's, oh, well, if I have the love of God, then you can talk to me any kind of way. You can treat me any kind of way. And then the love of God, this love says, oh, I got, I'm, I, let me forgive them. You know, you know, let me, oh, it's okay. 
in there and will the love of God cause you to 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 not react to uh, foolishness yeah it will but the love of God that covers a multitude of sin uh, in there that is, uh, this, the, that's our idea of what he's talking about and that's secondary I won't even say that it is, it's excluded but but it's secondary to what true love covering a multitude of sin actually is see we think that love covering a multitude of sin is that you can act any kind of way and then i got to uh react or act a certain way in there to cover your foolishness in there and and see man while that has been our reality because when you've heard love covering a multitude of sin be honest with yourself as you it's kind of fits in that category that I got to put up with some some stuff. I got to deal with some stuff. And yes, love will allow you or help you to deal with some stuff, but that's not what this is talking about, first and foremost. <clears throat> that's secondary. In there. Th uh, let me say it like this. That see, love covering a multitude of sin the way we've thought of it, when we think of it like that, then it's, that it, it's, it's our... It's like love has to have no reaction to some foolish action. So I can't do anything. But the thing about love, love is action. So it's not a, a no action. Love is action, my friend. And so when now let's talk about what love covering a multitude of sin really is. See, love covering a multitude of sin is that God says that just as he commanded, uh, gave Jesus the command that he gave to us, love one another as I have loved you. So how do love cover a multitude of sin is that if I'm actually loving the way Jesus has commanded me to love, when you act in a fool, then my, uh, it's not going to make me not say anything. It's going to make me do some things. And no, it ain't what you used to do. But it's going to make me love you even through that. It's going to make allow me to pray for you. See, it's going to cause a reaction, but not a negative one like we used to have. It's going to cause us to do somewhat what First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 13 talks about. See, that when... When, when, when you act a, a certain way towards me, then the word of God in 1 Corinthians, let's go there real quick. We don't want to make no mistakes on this or assume anything. Because it tells us exactly what this love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 or what it does. See, love is an action, and the action that he's calling us to that's going to cover many sins. Let, I'm just going to get to the gist of it, so when we're going through it, then it'll help you understand. I ain't going to even hold it off to the end. What it does is that, see, when it says love covering a multitude of sin, it, this, your love that changes you, see, what he's saying is love will change you. Love will stop, cause you to act a certain way that now that's how it's going to cover the sins of another. See, because the love working in you is going to give you the character of God in there. That's going to see. So this love that he's talking about, is, it changes you, not the other person. See, love that covers a multitude of sin, my friends, it changes me. So when my wife is acting crazy, that because I, God has changed me, then, then that is what allows me to suffer a little long. That has allowed me to be kind. So this ain't got nothing to do with me being a chump. This has all to do with me being transformed into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ, my friend. Taking on the character of who God is. And who he's shown us to be. See, love that covers a multitude of sin. It changes me so I won't be act, reacting to the way that you acting that's going to cause some more actions. See, that's, you know, when we start going back and forth, then that, we call that, it, it, it escalates down as an argument first and then it goes to a lot of other places. 
See, when the guy tried to steal my, uh, see, I was coming up to the Shell gas station one day and I was already pulling in the pump and just waiting for the, the lady to cross in front of me because I didn't want to run her over trying to get to my pump. And some guy swoops in and took my pump, yo, in there. I, 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 I had, I could have had a reaction. But the love of God that covers that sin he just did allowed me to, to humble myself and began to pray for me first. Lord, help me. Help me now, Lord. And then pray for him as well. Glory be to God. Because maybe he don't know you. You see, see the love that covers a multitude of sin, we expecting that to, that if I can be nice enough, even while this person is acting a fool, that is, we looking at to change somebody else. No, the love that covers a multitude of sin, it changes you. And it don't worry about somebody else. This is good news, my friend, because especially if you're dealing with another Christian, like your wife, your sister, your brother, your uncle, your, uh, your family member, or, or whoever. See, because if, if we all begin to uh, take on the true meaning of love covering a multitude of sin, then guess what? The reason why I don't have to worry about her, because uh, it, when love changes me, it's working the same thing in her. So she ain't trying to change me. She's trying to change herself. So guess what? Both of us to change. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. True story. We didn't changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's a beautiful thing. And we still changing, by the way. I had to do some changing last night, Brother Payne. Hallelujah. No, that wasn't last night. That was two nights ago. But glory, last night was good. No. Praise God, though, if we understand that love, what it does, that covers a multitude of sin, let us not get it untwisted. Because we looking for this love. Well, Lord, if I be nice enough to them, then they ain't going to do that no more. So we looking for it to change them. And then when it does not change them, now we got a real problem. Because love that covers a multitude of sin don't have no uh, obligation to change somebody else. It has an obligation and it will change you, my friend. This is good news, my friends. Because now we can continue, begin to run the right race as it pertains to love in there and, and let it work on me. Let it transform me. Let it change me. And I ain't got to worry about them. I'll let God handle them. I can actually then truly begin to pray for them with the right heart set. Because why? Because it changed me. So I won't be praying like David used to pray. David uh, uh, pray to God in a minute. And understand, I get it. Because Jesus hadn't came then. The blood hadn't been shed. You know, the guarantee, our seal for, for the day of redemption hadn't happened. The Holy Spirit wasn't dwelling in a man back then. Because David would quick, boy, he'd pray to us for his enemies. Get him, God. Let them have it. They messing with me, Lord. You know I'm a man after your own heart. Get them. <laughs> Rain fire down on them. Destroy them. He, he was vicious. He wasn't playing. When he started praying, and then he knew that he could pray. He had a relationship with God. You, they, yeah, you better worry about it because David started praying against you. You might be in trouble. He know God. Even through all of his mess, he knew God. That's for sure. And God knew him. My friends, this is an a awesome matter. And it's an end time matter. It's a real time matter. And it will set you free from all that we are going through that we're struggling with. And I'm talking about having a hard time. Even to the point, having a hard time. Or, or even it allows us or is making us question God. The one that has blessed us, the one that has favor on our life, the one that is holding us in, in, in his hands. Yo, which one of us, yo, when it comes to a, a natural circumstances that you know your, your boss got your job in your hand and you're going to go talking crazy to him? You might try to go a little diplomatic to him, but you, you ain't going to just go to the left. See, we understand that naturally, but spiritually, who do we think we're talking to when we, uh, yo, when this wells up in us, that we angry with God? That's every time I heard, heard that, man, it makes me cringe 
do you know who you angry at? You, you angry at the, uh, the one that is, that is the creator of all things, first and foremost. You are the one, uh, angry at the one that is holding you in his hands, and his hands is big enough to crush you right now. You are angry at the one that holds your destiny in your hands. But then even amongst, above that, you are angry at the one that is righteous, that is just, that will not lie. He is not a man like us. And I get it. When I say get it, I, I understand that many of us have went to that place and felt that way. But it was out of ignorance. And God is saying, surely it was out of ignorance, my friend. Because he's not the one that you should be angry at. Because I can assure you, if we go back down the rabbit trail of what landed you where you are, it wasn't God. It had all to do with you. See, if we go back far enough, then you'll know, uh, you'll be able to see very clearly that you went left when he was telling you to go right. Oh, I forgot about that. Because that's, yo, but I'm down here now. I forgot about the detours I took on, along the way that has landed me on this street instead of this street. And now I don't want to really deal with what I need to deal with on this street so I can get to ultimately to this tree so we get a little frustrated at God even come on my friend it's time for us to realize what time it is in the times that we living in the word of God urges us to redeem the time to work while it's still day because the night is coming where no man can work and that is just really allowing God to use your life while you have a chance my friend because the real reality is, is that we are not guaranteed, not even promised tomorrow. And just like it was in the days of Noah, that, re that statement that I just made will become our reality at some point, my friend. We may say it for a hundred days or a hundred years, but it is a reality, my friend. That day is coming. Don't be a fall into the trap that many of the scoffers did. They scoffed and, 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 and they at, you know, laughed at the people and, and they repeatedly you know, said unto them, you know, where is this God that you, you talk about this coming? You know, he, he, he's prolonging his wait you know, and all, or, or his coming. But my friends, understand this above all things. That if we submit ourselves to the to God and the to to to, to His will and, and to His way, then we can rest assured that we will not stumble. That we will be fit for the Master's use. We we must take on the understanding and and, and understand this, beloved. That that uh, that as Peter begged them, he says, "I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims." To abstain from fleshly lust, which wars against your soul, having your conduct honorable amongst the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as an evildoer, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of salvation. When, what, when, what is the day of salvation? Today is the day of salvation, my friend. In the day that we hear his voice, it's time for us to not harden our heart against his truth, my friends, and to submit ourselves and uh, surrender ourselves to the truth of God. And he's speaking to each and every one of us right now, right where we are. No, you ain't where I'm at. I ain't where you at. But we all somewhere. And the beautiful thing about it is God knows exactly where you are. And he's knocking on the door of your heart today. No, not for salvation. You already have that. But he's knocking on the door of your heart for the time, the end of days, the time that we live in. Can I use your life? Will you submit it to me? And, and, and will you first and foremost take on the heart set of love fervently, of loving fervently? Can I work that through you? You see, because with loving fervently, we already talked about it. What it does, it denies the flesh. So you can't live in the flesh no more. 
<clears throat> this is a commitment to, to come out of living in, in, in the fleshly desires that, 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 that Peter is talking about here that I just read to you. But then walking in the spirit and allowing God to direct your path for everything that he wants for the kingdom. Because see, what he wants out of your life is not for the, the earthly realm, it's in the kingdom realm. Because he's already put a mandate and a guarantee on your life that that what you need. He says, don't I take care of the birds of the air and the lilies of the valley? You see how uh, some of them lilies, how they spring up and how they are rained? God said, I did that. And how much more would I do for you? I got your life. I got your life in this world. I just need to use your life in this world for the kingdom. And it's high time for, I don't care who you are or where you are, God is calling you past that. Today is that day that we commit in our hearts to allow God to take us past where we are, my friend. Will you allow God to do that today? Will you allow God to do that today? Just taking you past one step at a time, he's not gonna give you more than you can bear. He's not going to put more on you than you can handle. See, he's a truthful God. He said that in his word. But boy, that, it don't mean that he ain't going to challenge you and you're going to be stretched out of your comfort zone. That ain't what I just said. Oh, I'm going to let you stay in your comfort zone. No, that's the problem. He's got to get you out of that. So you can then begin to really see his potential for your life. In that comfort place, you, ain't, you can't see his potential for your life. But boy, if you just allow him to, to have his way, just begin that process, then watch God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and glorify your precious name. Thanking you this day, Lord God, for you love us with just what your words say. A love that we don't even understand because it's an everlasting love. See, so for much of, uh, you know, in this natural world, we don't know what everlasting love is because for most of us, we've been in love and then it ended. So even the love that we're in now, somehow in the natural, we anticipate its end. Not it being everlasting, Lord. But we are talking about spiritual things, so endow us with the spiritual truth, Lord God, of your love that is everlasting that we can begin to take to it, walk to it, submit to it, and be a part of the love that you have, Father God, for not only ourselves, but for others. As you have given us the commandment that you want to express your love for others through me, through us. This is why you tell us to love one another as you have loved us. Because you want to express your love to someone that don't know your love just yet. And you need and you want. You've chosen us to do that, Father. So I pray right now as you knock on the door of every one of our hearts, Lord God, that we commit ourselves to denying ourselves first and foremost. That we may take on the mind of Christ, as Philippians chapter 2 says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. See, because it caused him to humble himself. Being God, uh, he, he, he left the form of God and he took on flesh, which, had to, which was a real humility situation, Lord God. It's going to cause us to humble ourselves, Father God. And at the same time, it's not going to provoke us to thinking that we are being used or or somebody can get over on us lord god because we know that we have yeah, the usage that we, we are being used but it's by you not them and any it, see the usage when we get used by them it, it brings forth dishonor in our life but when we are used by you lord god it brings forth honor for the glory of the god and in the kingdom lord god So have your way today, Lord God, as you move upon our hearts. Let no one deny where they are and where you want the next step. 
that you're engaging them and in, in calling them forth for the next step in their life and on their journey. Let us, none of us, let none of us leave this place, Lord God, having denied that I'm good. I'm all right. No, we're not all right. And we certainly are not good. We need you, Lord, and we need you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And let all the saints of God say amen, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise.